Hi there, welcome to the Animal Rescue League of Berks County's podcast series. I am your host, Beth Ireland. We are back after a brief hiatus, and I have a returning guest with me who's in a very new role. Introduce yourself. Well, hi, I'm Liz McCauley. I'm the executive director of the Animal Rescue League of Berks County. So last time you did a podcast with us, you were telling the story of Holly, right? the Sheba that you fostered and then failed. Right. <laughs> How's for, Holly doing? For the Not the first time, but no. Holly is doing fantastic. Um, she is completely healed. She has more fur than most of our dogs, <laughs> ironically, and she's doing great. Wonderful. So uh, big news is that back at the beginning of February, you started on as the Animal Rescue League's brand new executive director. Sure did. And we're very excited to have you. Thanks. And we're still excited to have you. Good. These well, that's later. good. <laughs> we still love you. Uh, let's see that in, in a year. But <laughs> So you were a board member for the ARL. Right. You volunteered for the ARL. You were a foster mom for the ARL. Tell us a little bit about your journey from this being a hobby and a passion to being your career. Okay. Well, yeah, as you said, Beth, I have volunteered for this organization and other animal rescue organizations for quite a long time. And that's Animal rescue has always been a passion of mine. I was uh, the little girl that used to bring all the stray animals home and try to nurse them back to health, and I always had a lot of cats growing up and fish and all kinds of animals and critters. And um, as I got older and, you know, I was working different jobs, my last job being at the Chamber of Commerce, you know, I, I enjoyed that, and I enjoyed working in those positions. But I started seeing myself that in a role that I could really make a difference in the lives of animals. And, yes, I feel like I did by fostering and serving on the board and, and volunteering, but I started to see it as a possible career path for myself. Went back for my master's degree because I knew it had been a long time since I was um, in the bachelor's program at, at Albright. So I went back to Alvernia and got my master's degree and started working toward that. And, you know, the opportunity arose at Animal Rescue League, um, and I couldn't be happier. So as with probably any situation where you go from kind of being an outsider to an insider, I would imagine that there are some things that are what they are inside that you were not expecting as as you were seeing them from a volunteer perspective. So very true. (laughs) What can you tell us that we, what's the difference? Um, how did you view the ARL as a volunteer versus what do you see differently now that you work there? Well, I think the biggest difference is that it's more about the people than I thought it would be. I, you know, from the, from the rescue side of it and fostering and all that, I, I saw the animal side of it. I saw the animals needing me. But when you're actually at the ARL day after day and you see the people and hear their stories and, you know, some of them are very sad. They come in to surrender animals because they can no longer take care of them. And and we try to help them as much as we can. But in the end, if it's the best thing for them and the animal, they do surrender it to us and we find them another home. And those are sad stories. And, you know, just, you know, having people come in all the time, you know, telling us, you know, their cat's sick or their dog is, is ill or, you know, those types of stories and dealing with the people and the stress and the pressure of it and losing dogs. That's been, unfortunately, there's been a lot of lost dogs recently. And, you know, we try to work with a lot of the local groups like Brooks Dog Search to, to help re- reunite them. But I think the people aspect of it is what I probably was least prepared for. And again, some of it's sad, but there's also many, many happy stories too. And I I try to remember those every day. I have heard so many times that people who work in rescue are animal people, not people people. (laughs) And I kind of tend to agree with you. Like I didn't realize how much customer service would play a role. But in today's society of um, instant reviews on Facebook and Yelp Mm -hmm. and Google and everywhere else, if somebody has a bad experience, 
they're going to the internet with it and it's never getting erased. And um, it's really important that we do everything we can to make sure that people have a good experience regardless of why they're there. It's not our place to judge. Right. That is very true. It's kind of funny. Harry Brown, our former executive director, and I have become very close. We, We knew each other prior to this, but we have become very close. He's become a mentor to me. And he always jokes about Facebook and social media and says, boy, you have it really rough with this whole social media thing because it is a different element to it. And I like to think that we use our social media well in educating people and communicating with them. And you, Beth, do an amazing job keeping the public aware and and responding to challenges. I mean, people do challenges on those websites and we don't hide behind anything. We try to respond accurately and informatively. And I think that's important. Well, and I think... Two, it was really important to me that we were transparent when it came to those complaints. I don't think that anybody would look at any organization or restaurant or whatever and see 100% good reviews and not think to themselves, they're deleting stuff. So, I mean, we knew, both of us knew, we had volunteered for there before we got there. We knew that there were some of those issues um, that were out in the community of what people were saying about us and what they thought of us and what we thought we did. So I think we do a really good job of answering those issues. I think we do also. And explaining our policies. And, and, you know, in a lot of cases, you know, people will come to us with an animal cruelty type situation that they feel is animal cruelty or they feel we should be doing something about it. A lot of times our hands are tied and we will talk people through that and say, well, look, here's our policy. Here's what we're allowed to do. Um, Maybe you want to try this direction. Maybe you want to contact your local municipality or your police department. And, And I think by educating those people, it's helpful to them as well. Okay, so you said, you know, obviously we see a lot of sad stuff, um, but we do see a lot of happy stuff too. And there's been a lot of happy things happening lately. We had two uh, pairs of dogs went home together last week. That's right. Um, Lots of reunitions. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean. (laughs) Um, You know, of the lost dogs with their parents, thanks to the help of Burke's Dog Search and some of the other ones. Um, Any happy stories since your time started with us Uh, back in February? Yeah, there's been a lot of happy stories, and I always try to keep those in my mind. Tell us about Sarah. Sarah, the your foster. Sarah, oh, I love Sarah. Um, Sarah was a little chihuahua, long-haired that, chihuahua. That you just took, it was what, like two months ago maybe? Um, yeah, it was about two months ago. She came in as a stray, and she had mange really badly. And, and it, looking at her, she, she didn't look very good. She didn't look as beautiful as she's going to look in a few months. But we took her to an event over at the museum, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. And um, I held her all day, and she was so cuddly, and she was so sweet. And I, I looked at my husband, and he's like, I know what you're thinking. We're not putting her back into the, to the kennel. So we took her home with us and we fostered her for about two weeks. And, and she is like totally not the MO of what you foster. She is not. I, I stick with Shiba Inus usually, which and is older ones and older that. ones. Exactly. And this was she, a one-year-old yeah, chihuahua. One-year-old chihuahua was very different for me. She, she was adorable. And a woman walked in the door with a, a gentleman and um, she said, this is my neighbor, Mr. Greeby. And he has lost his mother and father. And I think Mr. Greeby, um, you know, he he was had some some issues going on, but he was he was very lonely without his mother and father, and he'd lived with them all his life. He was an only child, and um, she said, "I'm his neighbor, and I just want to tell you, we all look out for this man." And he just lost his chihuahua, and I will tell you that the vet's office loves him; they take good care of him. This man would have done anything for that that dog, and he did up until the end. He said he tried to save her with everything in his power, and he couldn't, and, you know, she was old. She was 16 years old, so he wanted to see Sarah, so 
I was a little nervous about it because, you know, I loved her so much already in a couple weeks. But um, I knew when I saw the look on his face and then the look on her face, he walked her and one of our volunteers went out with her and and him and and, um, he ended up adopting her. They are doing great. Her hair is coming back in. He takes her to the vet's office where he lives um, every day to give her her medication. <laughs> they must be godsend people. I mean, it's an amazing vet facility. But um, And he stays in touch with me, and he calls me all the time. And um, it just it warms my heart. And she loves him. She The vet tells me every day when they take her back for the meds, she comes down the hallway, and she wags her tail when she sees him, and she is so happy. So we made him happy, and we made her happy. And that's what I like to feel we do best so we are so lucky for every day that we have a sad story we have days where we have fun and really happy and sweet stories like that one so we're lucky we we're lucky we have that balance so uh we're just about done already 10 minutes flies fast but tell us a little bit about what you're thinking for the future where are we headed sure one of the big exciting things we just did recently was extend the hours of operation that's something i always wanted to do um i always thought sunday was an important day to be open and it turns out it's working out really well what i see a lot of is people coming in on saturday finding an animal they love like or a dog they like and then bringing their family and their other animals back for a meet and greet on Sunday so that's been real successful we are uh, about to expand our foster program which I know you're going to do a whole podcast on so I'm excited to hear what you have to say about build that. the anticipation yeah and um, <laughs> we're doing a lot of educational programs as as we mentioned here Beth I mean education of the public and education of what we do and what animals are all about and what it's like to own an animal is extremely important to me because I think the more people are educated the more successful adoptions will be and, and more successful we will be as an organization so i'm looking excited to that forward to that as well and and do you have one um, more yeah we do oh uh, yeah i just um (laughs) we also um have changed the structure of our our vaccination clinics which we are in the the season four we do those april through october and um we are able to vaccinate 100 pets every month um it is on a number basis, so you come and you get a number, and we can, we can only handle 100, so after 100, we have to unfortunately turn people away till the next month, but it's a little bit more organized way of doing that, and we're excited about that as well, because we feel that's important for the public. All right, awesome. So we've had some great changes already in the short time you're here. I know that um, more big changes are coming, one of which we're going to talk about on our next podcast. So Liz is going to come back and join us for that one, um, along with a brand new guest. So Liz, thank you very much for joining me on another podcast. Thank you, Beth, for all you do. You do a great job. Thank you. Thank you. Um, If you want to see a picture of Liz or learn Liz's contact information, if you'd like to send her an email and tell her how much um, you think she's doing a great job, you can learn all that at our website, www.berksarl.org. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll talk to you next week.